0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Uh, before I begin, I want to uh, say welcome, Pastor Bob Mordhorst and Lila. A shout out to our former assistant pastor. You never know when they're going to show up, but it's uh, it's always a joy. Also, before I begin today, I want to say uh, thanks again to uh, the members and friends of St. Andrew uh, who added their words to a treasure chest of grace that I received uh, last week uh, in recognition of a 20-year-long partnership in ministry here in this congregation, and uh, with your words called to mind uh, so many moments over those years. uh, When we danced at weddings and mourned at funerals and rejoiced at baptisms and confirmations and graduations and other milestones in life, sharing some of the happiest and some of the toughest uh, moments that it has to offer, Uh, along with the thousands of times we've gathered together for worship and the opening of God's Word, and uh, not to mention our little uh, sojourn to a new place of ministry. And uh, as I reminisced uh, around all your words about that and so much more, uh, it just struck me pretty hard that uh, I'm the guy who ought to be thanking you uh, for your trust and for allowing me to uh, come here in January of 1997 and uh, partner with you in stewarding the greatest message in the world. I mean, I'm just never uh, ceasing to be amazed at uh, your generosity of spirit and, and treasure in the cause of Christ. Uh, somebody came out of the early service and said, you know, make sure you thank Patty, because uh, she's behind all of this, so thank you, Patty, and, and uh, to the kids. I guess it was about a week or so before Christmas, a colleague of mine stopped by and we visited a while and talked about uh, life and ministry around here, and as uh, he was leaving, John turned to me and he said, you know, Mark, it never gets old for you around here, and uh, while you never know uh, what the future brings for any of us, those words really rang true for me, and they reminded me again, you know, just how blessed I am uh, to be a pastor, not only a pastor, but a pastor here uh, in and to uh, this uh, great church family uh, for the last 20 years. And uh, speaking of uh, being blessed, uh, I want to talk with you today a little bit about what that means in your life and uh, in mine and in the context of the introduction to what many have called the inaugural sermon of Jesus Christ, otherwise known as the Sermon on the Mount, which uh, begins, as you heard, with a series of blessings And they are known as the Beatitudes, which is a word that you almost never hear apart from this passage. But what you do hear is from people who talk about being blessed all the time, like I just did, or uh, like a person that you might be talking to, and you ask them, you know, how are you doing? And they will say, I'm blessed. Or you come to an end of a visit or a conversation, and uh, they will conclude their time with you by saying, Have a blessed day. And those of you who are on social media might know that every day there are millions of tweets and other postings that end with hashtag blessed. On the other hand, uh, believe it or not, there are those who actually think that the word blessed is just a little overused, if not misused in our culture today, and uh, that there are people who talk about being blessed when what they really are is kind of lucky. Kind of like the comedian uh, in Pittsburgh who recently tweeted, and I quote, caught a piece of bacon that slipped out of my sandwich before it hit the floor. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Hey, why not? Or others who look at their friends talk about being blessed when what they're really doing is bragging about something, some accomplishment in their life, and trying to act humble in the process, as in, I have been blessed to be the top earner in my company this month. (laughs) Which, hey, for all I know, may be a sign of humility. I mean, you know, just kind of depends. Or maybe it is a a clever way uh, of uh, self-promotion disguised in humility. Depends on the person. But then there's the problem that Jesus listeners had on that hillside during that Sermon on the Mount. And the people have had really all through scripture, and that I guarantee you people have to this very day. And that's the idea that if your life is going really good, it has to mean that you are blessed. And if your life is not going very good, it apparently means that you aren't. And so you might recall, for example, that uh, the habit or the practice of saying, bless you, or God bless you to somebody whenever they sneeze, dates back to the plague of 590, when Pope Gregory I ordered that a blessing immediately be given to a person who sneezed because it was thought that that was the first sign of the plague. The implication being that if you were well, you were already blessed. Blessed. And if you were sick, you obviously weren't. Or how does the couple who suffers the miscarriage hear the words of their friends announcing that they have been blessed with a new baby, leaving them to wonder where that exactly leaves them? Unblessed? Cursed? And so is it really right? Is it really even correct or proper? To end a conversation by telling your friends to go out and to have a blessed day as if that's something that you can even control. I have to be honest with you and uh, share with you that after thinking about that, I believe that the answer is actually yes. And the reason that I say that is that in this inaugural sermon of Jesus, what he does for that crowd is that he turns their thinking inside out... And he gives them a whole new way of understanding what it means to have a blessed day. Because if you read on in that Sermon on the Mount and in other places of Scripture, you will see that there are people for whom life is going great, and yet they're not blessed. Because there are some things that God does not bless, that he will never bless. There are some behaviors that God will not bless. Bless. And then there are other people whose lives are richly blessed. You just can't see it on the outside. And that's because instead of connecting blessings or blessedness only with uh, things that uh, produce positive outcomes or an easy life, instead of treating it like some sort of a reward program for good behavior. Jesus turns the thinking of that crowd inside out, and he talks about being blessed in some very unlikely ways in circumstances that are far from positive. Because to be blessed is to be favored by God, it is to have the approval of God, the presence of God, the love of God, whenever and wherever you put your trust in him no matter how life happens to be going. And so, you know, you look at the first beatitude at the beginning of that sermon preached on the hillsides of Galilee where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the the kingdom of God. And it sounds so beautiful, but what in the world does that mean? Man, I thought I was supposed to be rich in spirit as a follower of Jesus. Now, Jesus is saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit in contrast to the spiritually proud. Blessed are the ones who come before God like the poor, holding nothing in their hands, like a beggar, trusting in him for absolutely everything. Because theirs is the kingdom, not of this world, but the kingdom of God. Can you imagine being on that hillside living under the laws of religion all your life, never being sure if you were good enough for God or whether you had God's approval. And here's the rabbi who sits down and he says, you come to God just like you are, and you will be blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, not because mourning and loss is a blessing in and of itself, but because when we express our mourning, we are comforted by God and those who represent God in this world. Blessed are those who are hungry and they are thirsty, not for the things of this world, but they're thirsty for righteousness, which is to say a right relationship with God because they will be filled with the things that this world can never give and it can never take away either. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart. I always had so much trouble with that one. Because quite frankly, to be honest with you, I don't think my heart has ever been 100% pure in my whole life. And then I discovered that the word for pure is the word katharos, which is catharsis, which is cleansing, Blessed are those whose hearts are cleansed by the grace of Jesus. Because they will see that God really is in their life. Here's a crowd of people wondering about their relationship with God. Because their life was not super religious. It was not super faithful. Everything was not perfect. They weren't super powerful and here's Jesus telling them, oh no, you can have a blessed day, not because you make it happen, but because you can receive it when it does, because he is with you. And when we receive those blessings given by the presence of Christ, then we are changed. Well, I'm listening to an audio book right now entitled, of all things, Son of Hamas, Uh, by a man whose uh, name is uh, Mossab Hassan Youssef and his father was one of the founders of the organization known as Hamas, which in Arabic is an acronym uh, for Islamic resistance movement and it's also a word uh, that means zeal or enthusiasm. And uh, at first, you know, Musab would follow in the footsteps of his father as his son, as his heir apparent, and, you know, as a kid, he would, you know, throw rocks, and as a young man, he ran guns, and uh, he was uh, arrested and released several different times by the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Forces. And when he was uh, in jail, he would practice his faith and, and join the prayers with his fellow prisoners and all, and all of the rest. But then, one day, when he was out of jail, Almost 20 years ago, when he was just about 21 years old, Mosab and his best friend Jamal were walking around in the city of Jerusalem near the Old City at the Damascus Gate, where the Muslim and Christian quarters meet with each other. And there they were met by a British missionary who spoke to them first in Arabic and then switched over to English and said to them, Hey, you know, what's your name? Where are you going? And then he invited them to a Christian study group near the King David Hotel in West Jerusalem. Jamal declined to go because he thought it was dangerous to hang around with Christians. Mossab was curious about Christianity, and he thought it would be useful for him to know something about it. And so he went. And there were about 50 people there from all over the world. And at the end, they gave him a New Testament in Arabic and in English. And he took it and he read it, beginning at the beginning, with the Gospel of Matthew. And to make a long story short, when he got to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, right where we are today, he thought to himself, and I quote him, while this guy Jesus is really impressive, Because every verse touched a wound in my life and it brought healing to my soul and peace into my life. This, he said, was the message that I've been looking for all my life. A lot of other things happened, the story goes on, and it took a while. But in 2005, Usab Hassan Youssef was baptized in Tel Aviv. And he turned his life around. He left behind his association, his life with Hamas. He ended up coming to the United States and he was given political asylum here in the year 2010. And I share this story with you, not to send a message about Middle Eastern politics, but rather to tell you something about how radical the change can be When you come to experience and be gifted by a whole different kind of blessedness and a very different sort of power that comes into our hearts in the person of Jesus Christ and his message of hope for the world. And for a son of Hamas, it began with the Sermon on the Mount. And we are told that the word blessed In Matthew chapter 5 is the word makarios, which can also mean happy and fortunate. And it is a translation of uh, the Old Testament Hebrew word ashray, which uh, I understand is hard to translate into a word, but it, it refers to a person who is to be congratulated. So that what Jesus is saying to that crowd, what Jesus is saying to this crowd Is congratulations to those of you who come to God holding nothing, letting go of your pride and self-importance, trusting him for everything, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to you, and good for you who are hungry not for the things of this world, but you're hungry for God because you're going to get filled with something that's going to sustain you the whole way to glory. And it will give you a vision that the very best is yet to come. You also might remember that uh, the English word for blessed comes most immediately from a Teutonic word, Bledsian, And this is really amazing to me because that word literally means to be made holy with blood. And that's when the word bless takes me straight back to the cross where the Lamb of God shed his blood, gave his life to make you holy, to call you his children, to bring you his favor, So that you and I can say today, I'm blessed. No matter how life happens to be going. And hey, if it's going good, count your blessings and give thanks. And if it's not going good, give thanks for the blessings that you can always count on. Because his presence, his promise, his salvation and forgiveness, his hope, and the peace that passes all understanding are yours and mine in him. And for that, we rejoice and we give thanks to God today. And so as I turn the page on uh, 20 years, I just want to say thanks again and let you know that I'm blessed. be part of a community that has been bringing those beatitudes to life for people for a lot longer than that, and will, by the grace of God, keep doing it every week and every day in all the days that are yet to be, for the glory of God and the hope of the world. And that's my take on Jesus' introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, except, of course, to say, have a blessed day.